What's good, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Amitelki TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields. Got a good show for you here on this Saturday after Thanksgiving. Hope you all out there uh, had a fantastic, a great, safe, and healthy Thanksgiving this past Thursday uh, here on November 28th of the year, 2020. Recap the Thanksgiving games that were the two instead of the three because uh, the Ravens, uh, you know, couldn't help themselves but uh, catch uh, coronavirus. I'll recap the Texans and the Lions and the Redskins and the Cowboys here in the monologue. Take a break, give you my thoughts on the Ravens and Steelers game, which should be played on Tuesday. Now, all of a sudden, Steelers players who spent about two days belly aching about we're getting screwed, this, that, and the other with the COVID. All of a sudden, you know, all of a sudden, you know, uh, what comes, what goes around comes around and they got a couple uh, players, James Conner included, who have come down with Corona. I give you my take on the National Football League, which, like America, has a uh, COVID uprising. And if you're the National Football League, you have to be very, very concerned whether or not you'll be able to finish the rest of your season as we're coming down the home stretch here in the 2020 regular season with the playoffs just, uh, what, a, a month and a few days away or something like that. Uh, yeah, a month and a few days away. Um, give you my th- preview, of course, week 12, the Sunday action, and give you my week 12 picks against the spread. And also, I want to uh, get my thoughts on the board as far as uh, Sarah Fuller that... Uh, that uh, made history earlier this afternoon, um, becoming the first uh, female to kick of, uh, you know, to partake in one of the Power Five college football conferences. I give you my thoughts on that. But first things first, um, but first things first, it's the two Thanksgiving games, and we and we even got a little bit of news that coincides with the two Thanksgiving games, with Matt Patricia and Bob Quinn getting fired. I'll get to though I get to those two uh, getting fired in a minute. Um, first off, I want to recap the game, and first off, and let me you know, and I tweeted this out on uh, I tweeted this out on Thursday because. You know, I mean, I don't get, I get a chance to watch every game thanks to NFL Red Zone and NFL Sunday Ticket and and things of that nature. So I, so I, so if I wanted to, I could watch any and every game, you know, as much as I want. But you know, alongside, you know, outside of watching my team, which takes my, which takes plenty of attention in and of itself, watching my team play and then watch it, and then there are lots of other important football games and and more exciting entertaining teams to watch play on Sundays than the Detroit Lions so I know I know the team I know the players I know you know I know the I know I have a general idea of what the Detroit uh, Lions season was here in 2020 but it wasn't like I was you know I was sitting around every you know I'm not going to spend my time on Sundays uh, watching a subpar football with the Detroit Lions and one reason why I am thankful. One reason why I am thankful that the Lions on Thanksgiving every year is that to the football fan that doesn't either by choice or by accident doesn't get a chance to watch the Lions, you know, play a lot during the regular season. They get that one. They get that one serving. That's all you need with the Lions. You only need to watch them play one time to get an idea of what type of football team they're on, and that's and that you know and that 
uh, will, falls annually on Thanksgiving Day. And a lot of times, the, the Detroit Lions are bad football teams. You get to see a team, you get to see a bad team play every Thanksgiving. So that's the one reason why. There's a pros and cons why with the Lions on Thanksgiving. The pro is, is, that, I, is that if you're a fan, if you're a football fan that lives outside of Detroit, or if you're a fan of another if you're a fan of a uh, you know another team, you at least get to see the Detroit Lions on national television once a year to see you know to get a, and use that one game on Thanksgiving to basically get all you to get all you need to know and and uh, and essentially have your mind made up opinion wise on how good or bad of a team the Detroit Lions are. And on su- and all, and all you needed to know. I mean, it was no secret why heading into this game this team was 4 and 6 and why Matt Patricia need, needed to go. This team is bad. This team is undisciplined. They cannot play foot. I mean, when you got to rely on Adrian Peterson to be your running back, I mean, you're really really in, in some sad shape as a franchise. You know, they got they have TJ Hawkinson, Carryon Johnson, Marvin Jones Muhammad Sanu, uh, Jesse J. Jam- I mean, these are, they don't have big time wide receivers. This team, all overall, top to bottom, one one to fifty three. They're not a good football team. They turn over the football constantly, fumbling the fo- you know whether it's Matt Stafford throwing the pits, pick six and J J Watt fumbling the football three times, you know two three times in a span of less than two minutes of total game time. You know they, you know, uh, committing penalty, committing penalties. Even though Houston had ten penalties, they had four. Uh, Detroit had costly penalties, which cost them momentum, which cost them momentum in the game. The Detroit Lions are just not a good football team. They are not, and I don't want to hear anything anymore about Matthew Stafford. I know our buddy Brendan, you know, thinks Matthew Stafford is is such an underrated quarterback and. And it disrespected and this, that, and the other. So that's a bunch of nonsense. Matthew Stafford stinks. 28 for 42, 295 yards passing, a touchdown and an interception. I mean, and this guy, you know, takes sacks instead of throwing the football away or trying to extend plays with his legs. I mean, Matt Stafford is just not a big-time quarterback. I've, I've, I've been thought that. Uh, this isn't anything new. Matt Stafford is not is not a big-time quarterback, okay? And I could care less about him putting up you know, he's a quote-unquote good fantasy quarterback because the team will stink for three and a half quarters and will score three touchdowns on his, on his last three straight possessions of the game and he'll, and he'll you know, end up winning you your fantasy matchup for the week. But he is not a, he's not a big time. If, I tell you this, you want me, you ask me right now to what quarterback I'd pick to start a franchise with, Matt Stafford. It's like it's like uh, one of the of the bottom five that I would choose from. Uh, I'm not. I can I can name you plenty of quarterbacks I would pick before I'd pick Matthew Stafford, Burrow, Watt, Burrow, Watson, Big Ben, uh, Lamar Jackson, even um, Patrick Mahomes, of course, Brady, Rogers, Drew Brees, Russell Wilson. I mean, I, I take I take a Dak Prescott. I take Dak Prescott over um over Alex Smith or Al over Alex Smith over um, Matt Stafford. Um, let's see what else I would. Kirk Cousins. I don't. Kirk Cousins, Mitch Trubisky, uh, Nick Foles. It'd be a coin flip. Um, Carson Wentz coin flip with that one too. 
Daniel Jones, I w- I'd take Matt Stafford over Daniel Jones. But there's a good amount of quarterbacks out there in the National Football League that are much better than Matthew Stafford. And who would you take over Matthew Stafford and Arby? Matthew Stafford's just not a big-time quarterback. And the Detroit Lions are a guard-awful football team. They're not coached well. They're undisciplined. They make too many mental mistakes, mental errors, whether it's fumbling the football. And, I, and after the game, I turn on the NFL Network and I hear Willie McGinnis sticking up, sticking up for his buddy, Matt Patricia. Patricia, his old buddy from his New England days, trying to tell me that well the Detroit Lions' mistakes is not on coaching. Well, when you turn over the well, when you turn over the football essentially three times, essentially three times in five minutes, Willie, that falls on coaching. I understand players got you know players are responsible for what they do on the field, but it's the coach's responsibility to, to stress in the players' heads during practice time and when they're not playing games to hold on and to secure the football. I mean, do they? Do they do do they do any of those drills where you have to tuck the ball high and tight and you know and um and and high step oh and high step over um over the little uh, black padded um which McCollums while while a linebacker team has while a linebacker team has the has the tackle bags and is essentially you know and is essentially hitting you upside the head with the tackle bags as you as you're running through the obstacle and your goal is to basically run through the obstacle as fast and as fluid as you can hop or high step over the obstacles that are on the ground while holding on to the football i mean did do Detroit Lions do that because because my because my football team did it what it, it what two three times a week during practice so so I don't want to hear William McGinnis just appear going on television defending his buddy talking about it's not coaching nonsense Co- coaches is responsible for it. stuff like that is the coach's responsibility to grill into their players says that we cannot turn over the football not only do they stress it verbally but they run drills and practice to make sure you don't turn over the football or or here's here's another or here's another another drill do the Detroit Lions do this I don't think so do they have the ball do they run drills where the ball carrier has to again hold the ball high and tight on their chest and basically do a light jog while the, while the defender is literally glued to their back, literally trying to punch the ball out to the point where they may even try to break your arm to try to get the ball loose from your arm and the chest because it's supposed to be up high and tight and secure. So I don't want to hear, well, it's not coaching. Yo, yes, it is coaching. These professional football players, I understand they have a responsibility not to turn over the football, but the coaches, but the coaches are there to enforce things. Like if in order for us to win football games, you can't turn over the football. So Willie McGinnis going on about that as much of nonsense. It, coaching is at fault. Okay, you can't, you can't, you can't. I understand once in a blue moon it happens, but my God, they must have turned over the football what two, three times in, in about a five minute span of game time. I don't, I don't want to hear that. That's the coach's responsibility. They're poorly coached. They're undisciplined. They're poor. I, I understand that. They, I understand that. You know they don't. That they that they actually don't commit that many penalties. But they're not coached well. Oh, so they don't commit many. Penalties. That does mean that they that they're the most bet that they're the best coached team in the National Football League. We're not committing. They don't commit many turnovers. Oh, see, I understand all that, but come on. That 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 stuff is unacceptable. It it just is, and and the bad play and and the defense is pathetic. And that, and that's the if you can't you got to kill them on the defense. 
because this man was brought to be in a, a defensive this guy was brought in to be some sort of a defensive mastermind, yet the last game he ever coached as the member of the New England Patriots, he let a backup quarter he let a backup quarterback put up how many points on him? Let a backup quarterback in a Super Bowl put up forty one points on him, which ironically was the same number of points he gave his defense gave up in the last game he ended up ever coaching for the Detroit Lions. He gave up forty one points to the Eagles in the Super Bowl and he gave up forty one points to the Texans on on uh, on Thursday. But he allowed Nick Foles, a backup quarterback mind you, to throw for and let me give you and let me give you the stat to throw for 373 yards and three touchdown passes and allowed and allowed Garrett Blunt on 14 carries to rush for 90 yards on the ground and allowed Corey Clement, a running back, catch for over 100 yards. So, uh, defense. Uh, get out of here with the defense. This is this guy is not a big defensive head coach. And this is the same guy, not just in that Super Bowl, this was the same guy who Patriots fans were have the, you know, were calling for his head when his defense was horrendous earlier in that 2017 season. Got lit up by the Chiefs in the, in the kickoff game. I don't hear anything about Matt Patricia. Him and the Lions, they both stink. But as far as the Houston Texans are concerned, they look. You can if they had the if they had a competent coach named who isn't Bill O'Brien, and if they hadn't traded away uh, DeAndre Hopkins back in March, this team would be right there with the Texans and the Colts fighting for first place along the AFC in the AFC South. If they had a good if they had a good coach. And if they hadn't traded away DeAndre Hopkins, they'd be right in, right up there in the thick of things of this AFC South race between Tennessee and Indianapolis. Because when all goes well, they're because when all goes well, they're not that bad of a football team. They're not that bad of a football team. Deshaun Watson, 17 for 25, 318 passing yards, threw for four touchdowns in the game. He had J.J. White get a pick six earlier. Defense created turnovers, including you know J.J. White with a pick six. If they were ran, if this was a if this franchise was ran better and was ran by the right people, and they hadn't traded away DeAndre Hopkins, they would they I and I no fair contradiction in saying this. This team would be right up there with the Titans and the Colts, with competing for first place in the AFC South. Because just on talent alone, this team is not that bad. Just on talent alone. And Deshaun Watson's a shifty quarterback. I, I, I mean, let me tell you something. This guy, this guy does not give up on on plays easily. This man will 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 shift his body away. He's just as agile, standing standing in the pocket, escaping from defenders. Deshaun Watson's a hell of a quarterback. In case y'all haven't noticed, I mean, he 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 is he is big time, big time, big time, big time. You didn't even tell you that. But Thursday's game was a reminder of just how good Deshaun Watson is as a quarterback and how effective of a quarterback he can be in this league. But they gave Detroit earlier this afternoon on Saturday, gave um, 
Matt Patricia should have been going after last year. I mean, him and him and his team last year was absolutely abysmal. Who should have been gone after last season? They gave him and Bob Quinn and put together this disgusting, decrepit roster. They gave them both uh, their walking papers. You know, and Happy Thanksgiving. You lot, now get out. Um, so they gave those two. They gave those two uh, whack jobs their walking papers earlier today. So we say goodbye to Matt Patricia and uh, Bob Quinn. The second game of the afternoon. Then I get to a break and get on to some other things. Um, was it was the Washington Redskins going up against the Dallas Cowboys, where Alex Smith was 19 for 26, threw for 149 passing yards, a touchdown, interception. Uh, and Antonio Gibson went crazy with uh, 20 carries, 115 yards on the ground, ran for three touchdowns. Terry McLaurin, who Brendan thinks is is uh, DK Metcalf, not quite, but he is one hell of a receiver. Seven receptions, 92 yards receiving as well. Um, and Washington, and and they even scored a and they even scored a defensive touchdown to boot. Um, but I tell you, give Washington credit; they've played hard. You know, I you know, granted, if Joe Burrow hadn't gotten hurt, I don't think they would have beaten. Uh, that I don't think they would have beaten the Bengals on Sunday. But they've played hard. They should have won. Uh, the game earlier this season on the road against the uh, against the Giants had not Ron Rivera decided to go for two. So in reality, they should be five and six instead of four, seven and one, and, or excuse me, four and one. They should be five and six instead of four and seven. But they are four and seven and currently in first place in the NFC East and are flying high right now. The first time that they've swept the Cowboys since 2012, which also was the, uh, which I believe was the second to last time. Yeah, the second to last time uh, Washington won their division. They won their division in 2015, if you remember, and got knocked out by, uh, and got knocked out by, I believe, the Green Bay Packers. If uh, Yeah, got knocked out by the Green Bay Packers at home. And then a season brought, and then in 2012, when they won the division then, they won and got knocked out by. Let me make sure I put the I get this accurate for you. With uh, when they had RG three, when they had uh, when they had RG three at quarterback, they got knocked out by the Seahawks in the wild card round at home and lost twenty four and lost the uh, 24-14 and went ten and six. But I and give them credit and this and I tell you. Everything that's going on with this franchise, with the, with the Snyder's been in the mud, with the with the cheerleaders and the sexual assault, and the you know with the sexual assault and the sexual misconduct cases with the with the uh, with the franchise, with the people that worked in that front office to the scenario down in the Bahamas, you know, pimping out the cheerleaders and everything else, and. With the with the Redskins name and the controversy surrounding that and Dan Snyder and there's just been a lot of bad things about this about this franchise. Man, it's good to see Ford change that, you know, guys and Alex Smith and Ron Rivera, Ron Rivera, who of course uh, you know, is a Super Bowl is a Super Bowl coach, you know, led just it was a short five years ago. He you know, the Panthers were on the top of the world and he was just about to guide them to their second Super Bowl appearance in franchise history, and you know fighting can you know and fighting cancer and being being able to beat cancer, and so he's a feel good story there. And then of course the quarterback Alex Smith coming back of what was a 
deadly near life-saving slash career-ending injury with that broken leg he suffered uh, two Novembers ago against the Houston Tex against the Houston Texans. He, he miraculously comes back, makes a healthy return. Dwayne Haskins stinks. They bench him. Kyle Allen. His uh, his uh, his leg gets injured as well to end his season. All of a sudden, Alex Smith is thrown back into the starting into the starting role, and all of a sudden he's thrown back into the starting role, and it looks like he's going to be the quarterback that Washington trusts to uh, steal this division from the Cowboys, from the Cowboys, Eagles, and Giants. And miraculously uh, guide Washington to another uh, division title and another home playoff game against whoever uh, I I would think the fifth seed is in the NFC. So you got a bit of a feel good story brewing there. Not to mention Alex Smith, of course. Uh, you know he was the guy. You know uh, Colin Kaepernick took you know took his job. So he had so he's had to live with that. And then of course he goes to Kansas City. And Patrick Mahomes takes his job, so it's so it's a so you got two feel good stories there in Washington with the coach who's a good coach by the way, and Ron Rivera, and a good defense, which which and then of course they got Alex Smith. When, when you're playing this crappy, when your division is an absolute dumpster fire like this NFC East is this year, the thing that's it, it may not be it may not be that much. But the three, but a couple things that you would like. They got a good coach, arguably maybe the best coach up and down along that entire division, along with uh, Joe Judge. They got they got a they got a good they got a better coach than Dallas does. They got a better quarterback. Alex Smith is a uh, you know is a couple you know is a couple of he he's a, not not about a whole lot, but he's a he's better by Andy Dalton by a good little by a good little margin. They got a competent quarterback who has experience and has experience with getting teams to the playoffs and winning playoff games. They got a good coach and they got a good defense. Dallas does not have a de- Dallas. Of course, we've been known that they we've been known that Dallas doesn't have a defense. The Eagles the the Eagles defense isn't that all that great either. And the Giants defense has in and the Giants defense is, isn't all that in of themselves either. So it was a good win for Washington. Forty one sixteen was the final score. Um as far as Dallas Cowboys are concerned, they show some life in their road win against the Vikings on Sunday. And and just when you thought that, hey, Dallas has woken up, they might end up winning this division after all, all of a sudden come Thanksgiving they lay a big fat egg in front of America and embarrass themselves once again. Last year was Josh Allen and the Buffalo Bills. Now this year it's Alex Smith and the Washington Redskins slash football team. And they just absolutely completely crapped the bed. Andy Dalton twenty five for thirty five, two hundred and fifteen rush or excuse me, passing yards, a touchdown, and interception. Ezekiel Elliott once again, uh, once again, uh, getting paid, getting paid lumps of money, and can't and can't rush for a nickel. Uh, ten carries, thirty two, ten carries, thirty two yards. Fumbled the football in the game. I mean, Zeke Elliott, boy, you wish Dallas would would love to rebuke that contract. And no wonder Dallas hesitated for so long not to pay Zeke. It's like Zeke got his money, and all of a sudden he he basically, you know, he basically uh, half ass his efforts. Uh, you know, every single time it's time to go out there and play, he does a piss poor job. Whether it's fumbling the football, not running the ball as much as he should, he's a complete mess. Amari Cooper didn't have a bad day at the office. Six carries, 112 yards, and a touchdown for him. Um, 
And that and I don't know what uh, I don't know what Mike McCarthy was thinking on that fake punt. I mean, I just and he's not you know. And again, him trying to be overly analytical, trying to be too smart and trying to be uh, too cute and too smart. I don't know what his idea was. You know, with that fake punt, honestly, I I don't know what his, what he what was going through his head when he thought that might have been a good idea for him to run that play. But the Dallas Cowboys were a mess. You know, I thought that they were going to get over the hump, and I thought that they had found their mojo back. Um, you know, at, with a nice, impressive road win against the Vikings, and then they come home to you know play lowly Washington, and then they and they uh, and they spit the bit. I mean. It's the Dallas. It's it's the Dallas Cowboys. I mean, what what else? What else is now? What else is now? Take a break. Come right back. Talk about these NFL COVID cases and a little bit of history within the uh, football world. Back after that. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. Switching gears now to a game that should have been played on Thursday night between the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens. That game is not being played until it was supposed to be Monday at 1.15, and then the Ravens kept on uh, crawling out with COVID uh, cases and and Lamar Jackson tested positive for uh, Corona on uh, Thanksgiving night. So now the game was pushed back. Supposed to be Thursday night. They pushed back to Sunday. And then they push it back to Tuesday night at uh, at eight o'clock. And uh, it's it's just been a it's just been a complete mess. You had the Titans. Uh, it, it's been it's been the Titans first with the big outbreak, and now it's the Baltimore Ravens. I mean, let me just read you the list of guys that have been added. To the Ravens' COVID COVID uh, list this week. Okay, Monday you had Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, Brandon Williams. Tuesday you had linebacker Pernell McPhee. Wednesday you had Calais Campbell, Patrick McCarry, and Matt Sakura. Well, Thursday you had Jai J I H A D Ward. And then uh, and then you had Lamar Jet and you had Lamar Jackson on Thursday too. Friday you had Patrick Ricard, Justin Madupakai. These names, holy crap! Justin M A D U B U I K E. However you pronounce that, I apologize. Long snapper Morgan Cox. Then you had Jalen Ferguson, DJ Fluker, T. Will Holden, Broderick Washington, Tavon Young. And cornerback Khalil Dorsey today on Saturday. But look at you know yeah you starting quarterback, your long snapper, your running backs, two or excuse me, two of your running backs, your uh, your center, your Calais Campbell has been, had been out with uh, had been out with injury. So I mean 
I mean, that's important, but it was like he was going to play Thursday anyway because he's been out for a couple of weeks with an injury and then linebacker Bermel McPhee and a bunch of other guys. I mean, this, I mean, it's just been an absolute, absolute, absolute mess in the dumpster fire. And now the Steelers, who are all, Juju, all of them, Chase Claypool, all of them, all, every single last Pittsburgh Steeler that was airing out their grievances on social media on Wednesday saying this, this is BS, the NFL is trying to screw us, this isn't fair, yada, yada, yada. And all, well, lo and behold, a couple, give it a couple days, and what goes around comes around. And now running back of the Steelers, Jay. James Conner, who's a cancer survivor, tested positive for corona today. And he's waiting for a second test tomorrow so he can confirm the results. I mean, so, I mean, the Pittsburgh spent all the day and night belly aching about, well, they're trying to screw us. They're not really blah, 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 blah. And then, lo and behold, a few, um, members of their own guys end up getting sick. Which which is hard to believe. And then on top of that, you have and then on top of that, the great the Denver Broncos tomorrow. All three quarterbacks on the active roster can't play because of COVID. Drew Lock, Brett Rippon, Blake Bortles, all ineligible to play because they weren't wearing masks around Jeff Driscoll, who tested positive for Corona on Thursday. So uh, it's it's just been it's just been a, and then um and then uh and then of course somebody and then of course I'm gonna make sure I can get his name and then of course I forget the guy for the Saints let me make let me pull up his name right now and then the Saints came out earlier today with some, with some, one of their own guys has Corona has uh has um has coronavirus Terry Terry on Arm Armstead the left tackle. He tests five, so he isn't playing tomorrow. I mean, it, 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 it's it's an it's an absolute mess. And part of me saw this coming because you know because you you know fifty three active roster they got more coaches and more team personnel than any sport than any pro sport in America. It'd be hard pressed for not you know for no one to get absolutely sick. Not to mention they're not doing a bubble, which again they couldn't do because it because it, it is football. But in so I so I saw that I pardon me saw this coming, and uh, so none of this surprises me. But but when it comes to the extremes that it has been with these players testing positive, I mean it's like they all like get a clue. I mean. My it's it's not that simple. It's not that difficult. You I don't understand what. And my sister said this and said this on Thursday when she found out Lamar. Does, but I don't understand what's so hard about with these players. I understand it's easier said than done. But my God, go to and I said that when did I say? I think I said it's either back in September or October. I don't understand what's so difficult about going about going to work and coming home. I don't understand all that. Stop with the stop with these stonies. Massive Thanksgiving gatherings. Stop with going out to these dopey strip clubs i mean if you if you if you want to get your booty fixed they got they got many a websites on the internet for y'all to go to and I, I i i don't i don't understand this going to strip clubs not wearing masks going to family events throwing these big thanksgiving gatherings not wearing any masks going to these stupid birthday parties like the world's normal and inviting 50,000 people and not wearing masks the and i like y'all have to get a clue here 
because your actions don't just affect you, it affects other people. It affects your teammates, it affects the people you're playing against, it affects their families, it affects your family. I mean, I, I don't get the I don't get it with these players not wearing masks. I really, really don't. And not even not just I don't understand the players that these players that are like, look. This isn't normal circumstance. I can't be going out and partying on Thursday night like I would during normal times. I under, I understand that I understand what they think because just because the vaccine's coming that that the that the pandemic is already over. No, it is not. It's one season. You don't have to do this. Just one. Y'all cannot have enough self restraint and can't have enough self control. So you know what. I'm the only large quote unquote crowds I'm gonna be around are my teammates. That's it. I'm be at work, at the facility, or in the stadium, right? Or at the hotel if I'm on the road. That's it. I'm not going out to the grocery store, I'm not going out to the mall, socializing, I'm not going to the club, I'm not I'm not going to ship clubs, I'm not hosting parties, I'm not going to parties, I'm not hosting cookouts, I'm not hosting Thanksgiving dinners, I'm not doing any of that nonsense. I, I don't understand. What is so difficult with showing some form of restraint and some self-responsibility and some self-control and and suck it up and bite the bullet for one year not to do all the social stuff that these guys like doing? You know, Daniel Jones going to parties, not wearing... I mean, good God, man. Like, can y'all get a clue? Y'all are grown adults with college diplomas and educations. Come on. I'm not saying be fearful of, 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 of the dawn thing, but my goodness gracious, show some common sense. If I test positive for COVID, I quarantine for two weeks. You know, it's a little, a little bit of an inconvenience, but yeah, you move on. You know? I'm not, you know, I don't, y'all y'all test positive, it, affect, it literally affects hundreds of people. Because of the Ravens' strength and conditioning coach being careless with, with you know, not wearing a mask and being careless and getting a third of the team sick. Now look, Steelers after the Steelers players and coaches and personnel have to adjust their schedule from Thursday to Sunday, not a Tuesday. People that work at NBC had to adjust their schedule when when the when. When exactly did did they uh, want Al, Chris, and Michelle to fly into Pittsburgh? The hotel accommodations. You know when you your your one decision doesn't just affects you; it affects everybody. Now with me, my everybody could be what five people, four or five people. They're everybody. Three hundred some odd people are 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 somewhere down the line affected by their decision making. You know, you know it's 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 to be it's the same thing. With U.S. government, you know, any regular civilian test positive affects a it affects a couple of people, and it's just you know no big deal. Someone, a government official, a politician, the president of the United States test positive. Guess what? affects the it affects millions of people. I'm not saying that, I'm not, you know, trying to make light of it, saying, well, the people that don't have any importance or don't have any value, don't have any influence, they test positive for, they come down with coronavirus. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that for the people that have power, that have influence, 
and that and that are a part of a umbrella of whether it's a part of a sports league or a part of a big time company or part of the federal government to that extent. You got to be more careful because your decisions don't just affect the ne- you know the next person beside you. It affects a large sum of people to the hundreds, to the thousands, to the millions. And I don't understand with these football players. I don't. I don't understand it. I don't understand the restraint why y'all just can't just sit your hot butts down be, and just go to work and go home. Honestly, you make enough. You don't have to go out to the grocery store. Get that crap delivered. Your kids want to go to school tough. They stay home. They stay home so they don't go out onto the on, out onto the out out unto the on, at the outside world get sick and come home and inf- and infect you. Kids don't go home. You know I got I got I'm worth millions. I worth I'm worth millions of dollars. And there's you know and what I and me getting sick could affect hundreds of thousands of people. You stay home. If you don't want, I understand you like to go to school, see your friends tough. We can't afford you having to get sick and possibly infecting me. Can't do it. Sit your eye parts at home. They got young kids, tough. They stay home. They'll live. They got a birthday party coming up. They want it, uh, They want all their friends, tough. They can wait till next year. Have a, have a Zoom or do one of those drive-by things. I, I I don't understand what's so difficult. And I don't understand how in God's name all quarterbacks on their roster can test positive for COVID and be ineligible to play. I, I honest to God do not understand that and cannot absolutely fathom that. I just can't. Pure carelessness, pure immaturity, and pure stupidity and pure lack of responsibility. And these are guys that are, that are supposedly, you know, college-level educated, you know, that are grown adults. Show some restraint and show some self-control for a year. You can't be like everybody else. You're worth millions of the game you play and the and the business that you're a part of is worth millions and your and your decision making can affect hundreds if not thousands of people around you. A little common sense. Sit your iPods down, don't go nowhere. Ain't that difficult. Take your vitamin C, take your vitamin C, take your zinc, drink your water, keep your hands washed, keep your hands away from your face, wear your mask. Test yourself on a consistent basis. Be smart about it. It's, 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 it's not that hard of a concept. Wear your mask and don't and don't go into highly populated social uh, environments. Guys, wife wants to go shopping. Tell her whatever you want, order it to the house. You want to go out to a restaurant and eat? Tough. Take out. Door dashing. I mean, I, I, I just, I don't, I don't understand it. I really, really don't. I, I, I don't get, I don't get it. I really don't get it. 
And then you have this huge firestorm and teams got to cancel games and, and move games to different dates and screw up the schedule and may have to play an extra week of the season. It's just... Yeah, it's 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 a mess. Who who wants to go through all that extra added crap? Especially if you play on a bad team, don't you think? Like the, the sooner you want, the sooner your season ends, the the sooner your season ends, the better. Especially if you're on a bad team, a la Denver. Do do you want to essentially be making up football games the weekend of Dr. King Day? I mean, I just, I, I don't understand it. I really, I really, really don't. I don't get it. I don't get it. Um, and then here, and here's another thing I don't get. Uh, then I'll get to a break in preview week twelve. I don't get the, I don't get. And you know who you are, as uh, Charles Barkley calls it. You know the, uh, you know the dope sitting up there in the in the in the mama's basement with the drawers on, typing on the keyboard, eating the chicken pot pies with the cookie crumbs on their stomach, and with the uh, with the frozen TV dinners. I understand why everyone is outraged and just besides themselves on social media about Vanderbilt Commodores kicker Sarah Fuller being the first female in uh in college football history to uh you know to be a kicker as you know as a member of one of the power five conferences of course with the SEC Big Ten ACC Pac-12 and yada 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 and I, I, I mean I don't I don't I mean I don't understand it I mean if she if she wants to kick and if she, if she and if she wants to kick and if she has the talents to kick God bless her go ahead and kick if you if you if you want to if your dream is to go to the National Football League and kick for a team and be a kicker or be a punter God bless you I, I don't understand the old thoughts and the and, and the inse, and the insecure idiots. You know that that have the athletic ability of a that have an athletic ability that have the athletic ability of a of a uh, of a uh, have the athletic ability of a two year old. I don't understand the uproar and the and the I, oh my god, man! Like, let can you let the can you let people have the oh, sorry for the microphone? Can you let people just have their moment? And just let them have their moment of glory and, and bask in the sun. I mean, my goodness. And people make it well, see them. There's a lot, in case y'all fellas forgot, there's a lot of dudes that play college and pro football that can't kick a football for, for anything either. I mean, I mean, it was it was just what this past Sunday going on a week ago when I was screaming at the TV set because Randy Bullock kept <laughs> kept hitting the uprights in a Washington game, missed an extra point, misses what two field goals? I mean, come on. If she can kick and if she can and is prove and if she can prove that she belongs, she belongs. Criticizing like you know, criticizing her like a, like a male kicker is one thing, but when but when you do it with so much, um, with 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 a with a hateful attitude behind it, or if it's hate driven, or as as just being a hater, or if it's misogynist slash sexist driven, I don't want to hear it. If she can boot, if she can belong, she belongs. And when she screws up, and misses a misses a bad kick. 
then you critique her and you criticize like you would any other male kicker. But don't sit up here and criticize her right off the bat because, well, the kick was bad now. Oh, shit, go kick rocks, go read a book or something. Holy crap. I put put pads, put the pads and helmet on you and have you kick off and see how well of a kickoff you are, how well of a kickoff specialist you are. This guy's sitting up here running around thinking they're Adam Vinatieri. I mean, give me a break. You know how hard it is to kick a football, let alone off a tee, running up and try. That's I, I tell you, that's hard. There's there's a lot of there's a lot of hard components in football. Being a kicker is one of them. It's hard. It's not as easy as it looks, especially if you've been accustomed to kicking a a, a round, you know, a round circular soccer ball all your life, and all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you see a you see a uh, you see this oval shaped. You see this oval shaped. Um, you see this oval shaped ball, which is skinny on its ends and fat on its, you know, fat on its body, and you have to kick. And you have to run up and and and, and kick it seventy or what thirty to the and have to kick it at least seventy something yards. I mean, come on. All all this hate, this hateful, just. Oh, give it a rest, will you please? Good for her. She had her moment. She made some history. My goodness gracious. Y'all y'all act like that that all of a sudden the entire NFL's gonna be taken over by women. I mean, come on, stop it. My goodness. If she wants to kick, if she wants to kick and play and be a and be a God bless her and go ahead. If her ambition and her dream was to make it to the NFL, good. If she doesn't, I'm fine with that too. Everyone sit back like that. That the men are the greatest. I mean, come on, the greatest kicker of all time is a man. That doesn't mean only men can be great uh, kickers in the sport of football. Because I can name you some kickers that were men that played football and straight up and now cannot kick for anything. I don't even have to give you Randy Bullock. Can I give you Blair Walsh? Can I give you uh, Billy Gundiff? Can I give you um, what's his name, uh, the old Bears kicker, Cody Parkey? I mean, you want me to continue? So just stop. So it's not as easy as it looks. Kickoff, I think, is a little more harder than kicking a field goal, but it's not as easy as it looks. I just get pissed when you're a professional doing it, you know, you know, her first time, fine. You know, it was her first time doing it. She didn't kick a field goal. Fine. I'm not, I'm not What I get upset about is the professionals who've been doing this over for over 20 years that literally get paid millions to kick a ball through a set of uprights. That's all they got to do. They don't got to run drill. They got their own little special practice regimen that the other 52 players on the team don't have. That's, that's what, that's what pisses me off. First time doing it. I'm not going to kill you. You've been doing this. All throughout your life for the last 20 years, and you've been in the league for about 10 plus, getting paid millions. You you supposed to be a, a professional now? You only got one job. That that's that's when the gloves come off for me. 
First time doing it after she just led the school to a national championship in soccer. I'm not going to sit up here and be a, and excuse my French, be a douchebag and start killing her for, for, for her kickoff skills. I'm not doing that. Instead, I'll kill Muppets like Randy Bullock, who miss a who miss a a thirty three yard extra point and went one for three kicking field goals for the Bengals on Sunday. I'll I'll, I'll kill dopes like him because he's been kicking for a long for for a longer time than than Sarah Fuller has been, and he's professional, getting paid to do it. She ain't getting paid to do this. This is college, not the NFL. Now, Vanderbilt got absolutely destroyed in the game, but but God bless her. And if she wants to do it, she's a senior. It's chance, you know, her it's the fact that it's her first time doing it. And I don't know whether she wants to go pro or not. But considering she's a senior and she and this is her first time, I she's her first time playing uh, you know, kicking off in a kicking off for the uh for the Vanderbilt football team, the chances of her making it to the NFL right out the draft are probably slim to none because she hasn't had a lot of exposure. But God bless for doing it. And for all you dopes on social media, get a life and get a clue. Holy crap. If she wants to kick, let her kick. Quit being such a, uh, a wet blanket about every freaking thing. My goodness gracious. She wants to kick, good for her kick. God bless her. Bloody hell, man! It's just get over yourselves. I mean, and a lot of y'all weren't weren't that great uh, high school or and if you played college athletics, let alone Division One. Hey, you weren't that good of athletes to begin with in the first place, anyway. So who are you guys to talk? Please, y'all were just like me, right? Riding the bench of your varsity football team. The only action you got was in was in practice time and garbage time. So stop, stop, stop. Take a break. Good for Sarah Fuller. God bless her. Take a break. Week 12. Back after this. TIS podcast. Switching gears now to week 12, the Sunday action, week 12 of the National Football League. Four games of note here, week 12. Preview them all from Titans and Colts and Chiefs and Bucks on Sunday to the Monday night game between the Eagles and the Seahawks to the Tuesday night game, at least we hope, between the Ravens and the Steelers. Game number one, and of course, end out the show with uh, week t- with uh, week twelve picks against the spread, like we always do every single Saturday on this program. 
Um, the first, uh, first game, of course, is at 1 o'clock between the Tennessee Titans and the Indianapolis Colts. Tennessee Titans, of course, last time out, um, last time out beat the Baltimore Ravens for the second time in 10 months on the road at M&T Bank Stadium, courtesy of, uh, Derrick Henry. Uh, in overtime last Sunday, they improved to 7-3 on the year, keeping pace with the Indianapolis Colts who won later that afternoon against the Green Bay Packers at home uh, courtesy of a game-winning courtesy of a game-winning field goal by their guy uh their kicker out of Georgia Blankenship the guy with the, with the goggles on uh, as they improved to 7 and 3 as well both of these teams are tied for first place within the division both teams with uh, with seven wins on the season at 7 and 3 uh, the Indianapolis Colts right now hold the tiebreaker because of these two teams uh, matched up against each other, what, two and a half weeks ago? Yeah, th yeah, around two and a half weeks ago, uh, what, 17 days, about 17 days ago, back on, back on November, uh, back on November 12th, so that was, what, 28 minus 12th, that will give, you bear with me with the math here, I never, you know, I grad, you know, I'm an English history guy, not, not a math guy, 16 days ago, so, so what, yeah, about a week and a half ago, or two weeks and a half ago, when they played each other on Thursday night, on that Thursday night, they, of course, the Colts absolutely demolished Tennessee in Tennessee, uh, on, uh, on third, on that Thursday night, um, and then Tennessee bounced back, uh, beating Baltimore last week, Indianapolis, uh, stole a game pretty much because the Packers had that game won. If not, there had not been for their defense absolutely stinking up the joint. Um, but both teams are seven and three, and this is a vital, key, important matchup as far as who is going to win the uh, who's going to win the AFC South crown. Uh, and the Titans, this is an absolute must-win game for the Titans. If the Colts win this game, the chances of their of them winning the division go up tenfold. Uh, rather than if uh, rather than if um, if um, if they lose this game on Sunday, the Titans cannot afford to get swept because it's going to be very hard. You know, just take it from the Buccaneers. It's going to be very hard to win your division if the team you're chasing within your division, who's in first place, beat you twice. You know, so and I'll, it would take an epic collapse from the uh, New Orleans Saints for them to lose the division. Uh, to Tampa, and it would, and whoever, and if Tennessee, or excuse me, if the Colts were to win this game uh, tomorrow, even though they'd only be one game, they'd be one game in front of each other. The Colts would be one game ahead of Tennessee, even with the tiebreaker. So it really, realistically, realistically, would be one and a half. Um, it it would it, it would put Tennessee behind the eight ball if they wanted any chance of getting this AFC South of uh, of snatching the the uh, AFC South crown from Indianapolis. So this is why it's a must win game for Tennessee if they want to stay in the thick of it as far as the AFC South is concerned. Both of these teams are already at seven wins, and we're not even through the month of November yet. So it will not be. So both of these teams really don't have to worry. About missing the play, though both of these teams, you know, unless Baltimore, unless Baltimore gets themselves together, and 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 Cleve and Cleveland and uh, and in Cleveland and La and Vegas absolutely set the world on fire, then they have to, then one of these teams have to worry about missing the playoffs. But considering that these teams already have seven wins, Cleveland has seven wins too as well, and of course you have the extra wild card team. 
but with with Vegas and Baltimore both being at six wins at this point, and Miami losing last week, and they with them being at six wins as well, Tua looks like he'll be doubtful for the game against the Jets. And it's just these two te- these two teams are in perfect uh, opportunity and are and are in perfect position for them to clinch one of the early wild card spots, regardless who wins this division. So it's I think it'd be fair to say that that uh, two out of the seven uh, playoff teams in AFC will be represented by the AFC South. I'm I don't think that's a, that's a, a reach. In me, in me saying that. And if you're Tennessee Titans, you gotta expect the big game from Derrick. You gotta expect the big game from Derrick Henry. You also have to expect Ryan Tannehill to play to play better than he did when they played each other the first uh, when they played each other the first time 16, 17 days ago. So you gotta the quarterback play has to be there. Derrick Henry, of course, has to do his thing, and the defense has to do a much, much, much better job than they did when they played each other 16 days ago when they allowed the Colts to put up over 30 points on the board. You cannot allow Philip Rivers to have another field day on you and for and for the Indianapolis Colts offense to go crazy and expect to win the football game because if you allow the Colts to put up a throw over 30 points again, I don't think that I don't think that you're going to get it done. You have to keep your opponents below 30 points. Ten, Ryan Tannehill can't make any mistakes. He has to play winning football. You got to have Derrick Henry rush the ball for over for over 90, 95, 100 yards. And then that's that's Tennessee's formula to win the game. If you're Indianapolis, your formula to win the game is to essentially have a repeat of what happened 16 days ago. Have the offense click on all cylinders. Have have Philip Rivers make plays down the field to win the game. Uh, have that defense keep Derrick Henry and Ryan Tannehill in check. Force a couple of turnovers. You do that, you should be walking out of the end at the end of uh, tomorrow afternoon with your eighth win of the season and sweeping the season series against the Tennessee Titans. The second matchup of the of the week twelve to take note uh, or excuse me to uh, to pay attention to was Kansas City and Tampa. Kansas City at nine and one. Took care of business last Sunday night on the road against uh, against Vegas, the only team in the NFL that's defeated Kansas City within the last what season and a half, whatever it might be. Um, they come, they go on the road to play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tampa Bay second straight home game. They were that offense was absolutely abysmal uh, on Monday night against the Rams. Tom Brady was was atrocious. They could not run the football. Their receiving core with Gronk and Evans and Godwin and Antonio Brown really weren't uh, weren't huge factors in the game. And really couldn't get anything going offensively as that franchise or not the franchise, but as that team as a whole. Kansas City, their defense was horrendous, allowed Jared Goff to turn into his 2016 self. Kansas City, of course, did not play. If you watch the game, Kansas City did not play their best game of the season under any circumstances. When you have Patrick Mahomes and honestly one of the most dynamic, high-flying offenses in the NFL and in the history of the National Football League, you're going to win when you really had no business winning as they did last week against the Raiders. Nine and one, and in first place within their division. Tampa Bay is seven and is uh, seven and four. Uh, what about a game and a half, two games behind um, uh, behind uh, the Saints in the in the NFC South. Tampa, of course, lost the season series, got swept by uh, by New Orleans this season, so their chances of of winning the division is pretty much slim to none. They look like they could be on a uh, they look like they could be 
on uh, on their way to playing whoever wins the NFC East, whether it's whether it's whether it's Washington, Dallas, if they ever wake up, or if the Eagles uh, wake up and or and or the Giants, which would be interesting considering that that uh, considering that that um that the Giants uh, nearly knocked off uh, nearly knocked off Tampa on uh, nearly knocked off Tampa. Uh, what? Uh, what? The Monday before Election Day, and Tom Brady did not play his best game in that game either. And Tampa still came out, uh, with a win. If you're if you're the Buccaneers, you ha- you cannot expect to win this game. And it's and no disrespect to the Kansas City to the Kansas City defense, but but if you're but if you're but if you're Tampa Bay, you cannot expect. You can't expect to beat Patrick Mahomes and and have your and have your point total be in the, be in the twenties. You you just can't do it. it the, your defense is a little overrated. It's not as good as you think it is. You can't you can't expect to be Patrick Mahomes and and put up twenty and put up twenty four twenty one twenty three points. You, you just can't do it. You in order to be Patrick Mahomes, you have to outscore him, which means you have to score thirty one points or more to even have a chance. Of beating Mahomes on Sunday because because I can see it now Mahomes is going to carve up that defense left and right, uh or it's good yeah Mahomes is going to carve up the Tampa Bay defense left and right. Meanwhile, if you Kansas City, you essentially from a defensive standpoint you have to play much 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 better than you played last week. You allowed Derek Carr to throw for what three touchdowns, two hundred and seventy something yards was nearly immaculate in that game. You cannot allow Tom Brady to essentially have a perfect day against you or else you're going to get the same result like you got in the 2018 championship game with Tom Brady cards up left and right, and they broke your hearts at Arrowhead back when Brady, of course, was on the Patriots. So your defense has to has to do a complete 180 uh, of, of their defensive performance from last week. If you give Tom Brady fits, you uh, you blitz them in with your interior linemen, your defensive tackles, your interior pass rushers. You knock t- you put Tom Brady on his behind. You knock him off his feet and make life a living hell for him. You jam up your you you uh, you you bully you bully theoretically you bull or ther- theoretically you hypothetically bully their receivers. You stop their running game. You don't let Ronald Jones go crazy on you. You you should win that you should win that game no problem. Kansas City's key to win the game is for their defense to is for their defense to turn it around and their defense to play better. Tampa Bay's key to winning this game is for their offense to play better, and that's where you stand with Kansas City and Tampa. This, the uh, the Monday night the Monday night game between Seattle and the Philadelphia Eagles. Philadelphia Eagles are essentially playing for their playoff lives. Three three six you cannot fall in three seven and one. You just can't. They have a hard they have a hard schedule. They have a they got a they got a brutal schedule the rest of the way. They got let me read it to you. Let me read it to you. After the Seahawks they got the Packers, they got the Saints and then week fifteen week fifteen uh let's see is my computer is uh is slow at the moment. Hold on, let me give it to you. They they got after after this week they got Green Bay at Green Bay, which would be a hard game for them to win. They play the Saints, which would be a hard game to win. Drew Brees should be back by that time. They got Arizona, who's playing for Wild Card Smart. That's a good team as well. And then of course you got the two divisional games at the Cowboys, and then of course home against Washington to close out the season. So Philadelphia. The Philadelphia has arguably one of the hardest roads to winning the NFC East, and if they want any shot, 
of winning their division, they have to they have to beat the Seahawks. That's all there is to it. They have to shut down Ross Wilson. They essentially have to copy and paste the Rams game plan of when they stopped Ross Wilson a couple weeks back. They have to do the same thing. Make Ross Wilson turn over the football. And and your offense ha and your offense has to uh has to make the Seattle Seahawks defense sweat a little bit and make them start to doubt themselves because outside of their performance, what uh, what, ten ten, twelve ten, eleven days ago, uh against um against their against Arizona last um not this of course this past Thursday, Thanksgiving, the Thursday before that. They played one of the best defensive games of the season, shutting down a high-flying, high-powered, uh, high-octane uh, Arizona Cardinals offense. So the so the Eagles offense, Eagles offense has to put points on the board. Carson Wentz can't turn over the football left and right. He has to be smart with his decision making. He can't take a whole hell hell of a lot of sacks. Their offense has to make plays. Their defense can't get can't allow Russ Wilson to go crazy. It can't allow DK Metcalf to go crazy. From the Seattle Seahawks standpoint, they basically gotta gotta put all the pressure on Carson Wentz early and often. You gotta get to him. Gotta force him to turn over the football. And the rest should be smooth sailing from the Seattle Seahawks standpoint. Um, as far as the Tuesday night game release, we hope we get it. Uh, fingers crossed, uh, hit your knees and pray that we get it. The game is supposed to be played on Thanksgiving night. That was supposed to be played on Sunday night. Will be now played on Tuesday night between the 6-4 and four Ravens and the 10-0 Pittsburgh Steelers. Ravens' chances without Lamar Jackson of them winning this game with RG3 is pretty much slim to none. So uh, this is an so the Ravens might as well just uh, take their L and move on to uh, to Dallas next Monday next Monday late afternoon early evening when they play them next Monday night at home against Dallas while Pittsburgh basically can't fall into that Mike Tomlin that classic uh, tradition of the Mike Tomlin trap game playing down the competition nonsense that the Pittsburgh Steelers have made themselves infamous for for the last five plus years wherever it might be. This is an easy. This is an easy game. You're home. You're going up against backup quarterback in RG three that hasn't hasn't proved his worth as a starting quarterback in the National Football League in quite some time. Don't play that in competition. You smash the Baltimore Ravens in the mouth like Lamar Jackson was that starting quarterback. And if you do that, and if you just do your job, stay focused. Don't play down to your competition. You should beat the Baltimore Ravens pretty. Uh, pretty easily and single-handedly without any heart attacks or any uh, issues as far as it being a close game coming down to the wire like it was on like it was the first of the month um, back in uh, whatever week it was in on uh, November the first back in Baltimore. That's where you stand as far as week 12 of the National Football League is concerned. Close out the show. We do it each and every weekend. Week 12 picks in the league where they play. Four pay. First game up, the Las Vegas Raiders, favored by a field goal, coming off of their loss, like I said, aforementioned, against the Kansas City Chiefs, go on the road and play the Atlanta Falcons. I will take the Vegas Raiders to win this game, 34-24. The Arizona Cardinals coming to New England. New England coming off of a tough loss on the road against the Houston Texans while Arizona uh, trying to make a push at one of the wild court spots uh, in the NFC West. 
Arizona favorite minus two and a half. I'll take them to win the game 27 to 20. The New York football Giants favorite minus five and a half against my Cincinnati Bengals. Bengals season is over. To hell with them. The New York Giants, though, are still trying to keep pace with right now the division leading Washington Redskins in the NFC North. The Giants favorite minus five and a half. I'll take them. To, I will take them to win the game, 28 to 10. Cleveland Browns favorite minus six and a half. Go on the road, get out of the cold, brutal weather of Cleveland, Ohio, to take on the hapless Jacksonville Jaguars. I'll say Cleveland to win this game, 27 to 10. Carolina at the Vikings. Vikings bad loss last Sunday against the Cowboys. Carolina absolute shut out the uh, shut out the Detroit Lions their last time out. Carol or excuse me, Minnesota's favorite minus four and a half. I'll take Carolina to win the game 27 to 23. Tennessee at Indianapolis. Indianapolis favorite minus three and a half. Indi Indianapolis favorite minus three and a half. They took care of business. Um they took care of business at home last time out with a game-winning field goal in overtime against the Packers. Tennessee uh, coming off of a uh, high themselves winning in overtime on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. Indianapolis favorite minus three and a half. I'll take Tennessee to win 28-25. Chargers and the Buffalo Bills. Buffalo Bills favorite minus five and a half. Uh, give me the Buffalo Bills 31-21. Miami Dolphins lost last time out on the road to the Denver Broncos. Their favorite minus 7-2 is doubtful, so you get Ryan Fitzpatrick. While the Jets coming off of a loss on the road against the L.A. Chargers last time out, they return home, hopefully to get their first win of the season. Dolphins still in the thick of things as far as the AFC wildcard chase is concerned. Give me the Dolphins and Ryan Fitzpatrick uh, to win the game 27 17. Saints favorite minus five and a half going up against the Denver Broncos who currently do not have a quarterback. All five of their starting quarterbacks are out. Uh, who is Denver starting this week? I saw, let me see. Uh, who are the Broncos starting at quarterback? This would be interesting to see. Um, let's see. Who are they starting at quarterback? I read it just a couple minutes ago. Now I can't seem to find it. Um... Kendall Hinton looks like we'll get the nod as starting quarterback. Wide receiver looks like he'll get the nod. Looks like looks like he'll get the nod as starting quarterback for Denver tomorrow. Uh, when, you, when all your quarterbacks are out and you and your quarterback essentially has little to no practice time, and you and you are got eight wins already on the season. And you're in first place, and you're a favorite to win the Super Bowl, such as the Saints are. Give me the Saints, 27 to 17. San Francisco at the Rams. Rams favored by a touchdown. Give me the Rams to win the game, 24-13. Wow. The Kansas City Chiefs, favorite minus three and a half, coming off of their Sunday night win at Vegas last week, while Tampa's still licking their wounds after... Losing to uh, the Rams on Monday night. Give me the Chiefs to win and a shootout. 31-28 Kansas City. Chicago and Green Bay Sunday night. Green Bay favorite minus 8.5. Give me, uh, I think the Bears coming out the bye week. 
Green Bay lost the tough one. Again, they had no business losing on the road to the Colts last week in overtime. Colts favorite minus eight and a half. Or excuse me, the the uh, the uh, Packers favorite minus eight and a half. Give me the Packers to win the game 25-17. Seattle favorite minus five and a half. Coming off of their Thursday night win 16 days ago against the, uh, against the, uh, not 16 days ago, I apologize. What, 10, 11, 10, 11, 12 days ago along that round against, on the, or excuse me, at home against the Arizona Cardinals. My goodness gracious. Favorite minus five, at five and a half. Going up against the Philadelphia Eagles. Suffered a brutal loss last time out. Give me the Seahawks win on Monday night, 31-17. And then if we get it, Lord willing, hopefully we do. On Tuesday night, Ravens going up against Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh favorite minus five and a half. Baltimore a heartbreaking loss in overtime at home to the Titans last week. Pittsburgh still remains undefeated, beating Jacksonville last week. Give me Pittsburgh to win the game 31-10. to 10. And those are your Week 12 picks in the league where they play for pay. So, there you have it. That is where you stand as far as Week 12 of the National Football League is concerned. And that is your Thanksgiving weekend episode of the Amatelica TIS podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Instagram at Amatella underscore podcast and the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it T-I-S. It's your boy Jai Shields. Talk to you on Wednesday. Enjoy the football, everybody. Y'all stay safe, stay healthy. Talk to you Wednesday. See ya.